to the Humanity Church Podcast, a place where meaningful conversations around living by faith, being known by love, and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321 and give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. Well, good morning. I am so excited to be starting off this series that we are talking about the life of David. Now, I want to put some of your fears at ease. This will not be a history class. I mean, if you really want to go and study the archaeological reviews and all the things that they have found about the kingdoms of David, you can go and find that. If you want to read all of the stories, start in 1 Samuel um, chapter 16. You can read the Bible account of what happened in his life, but more so, I want this to be a time, and each one of the communicators is going to be bringing life application out of the life of David. Um, By the way, I forgot to say at the beginning, my name is Melinda. Whoop, whoop, Melinda, the one, the only. Well, I'm sure there's other Melindas, but I'm the only one like this, right? So... Thank you for joining us today. Those of you online, I appreciate you joining us. I know the Super Bowl doesn't start for a little bit, but there's pressure, right? There's pressure to get ready, to have make sure all the uh, food is prepared and everything. So I thank you, and I honor your time today. I really do count it a privilege to be a part of the team that works here at Humanity Church. Um, I believe that we are doing a work that God has called us to and that he has appointed and anointed us for. And we're going to find more about what all of that means. But could you and would you please join me as uh, we pray and start this message? Thank you. Father, I thank you. I thank you, thank you so much. I, I am so grateful to be able to stand here. God, in front of people, Lord, that God, I ask that I would be just a conduit that your presence, your words would flow through, God. Take this earthen vessel, this human person that I am, and please use me for your purposes today, Father. Let every word land on hearts. Let that have the work that the Holy Spirit would want to do in them, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, something you may or may not know about me, um, I have a lot of... uh, Stories. (laughs) Stories. <laughs> if you spend much time around me, I have, I have stories for days. But this is one story that is very true, and it was a pri- pivotal point in my life. I was um, fifth grade and uh, going into the sixth grade. And at that point, my family and I lived in Bethel Park, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb right outside of Pittsburgh. And I was chosen to go to a very special uh, program that they were doing at that time in Pittsburgh. At the University of Pittsburgh, they had chosen four fifth graders to go into their art institute for a special series of teachings that they were doing. Now, 
fifth grade, I was more interested in beating the boys in races and arm wrestling them than I was paying attention to art. But somebody recognized my artistic abilities. I didn't know it was a thing. My parents didn't. It wasn't like something I applied for and like, ooh, I hope I get this. They just chose me. One day, the teacher pulled me aside. I thought I was in trouble. You know that feeling when the teacher pulls you out or points you and you're just like that dread feeling? Maybe you never had that feeling, but I just, just like, what did I do wrong? And uh, they pulled me aside and they said, would you be interested in something like this? And it was like left field. I had never even like, yeah, that sounds, yeah, I want to do that. And so they said, okay, we're going to send a letter home to your mom. So she opens it up and I'm like, read it, read it. So she's in front of me and you got to picture my mom. She weighs all of like 105 pounds and, and smoking nonstop. So she take a big, okay. So she opens it and reads it. And as she's reading it, it's saying that I've been chosen out of all the school. They only picked four kids out of every school. So I was one out of maybe 300 or 400 students that was chosen to go to this institute. So I went to this institute. Now, at that age, I, I really had no idea what the near future held for my life. But looking back in retrospect, I realized that it was a setup, and I believe by God, to help me survive and succeed going forward from that point. See, I didn't realize that every Sunday that, or every Saturday that we were driving out to Pittsburgh and my mother grumbling under her breath, right, going through the traffic and everything, and um, going into this big, huge auditorium. I had never been in an auditorium so big, and the people were, they looked like small little people down there at the thing, but I was learning things in art, and my confidence was growing, and I found a brand new love of something that I never even knew had existed before. I didn't know that eight months later that my mom and dad would be divorced. I didn't know I wouldn't see my dad again until after I was 18 years old. I didn't know that we were going to have to go live with my grandparents and that my life would change from that point going forward. But I had something in my back pocket. I knew I was good at art. I knew I had something. And God set me up that way. And I bring you that story because we're going to pick up David's story when he was a young person. Um, I read four or five different scholars, and they all vary on the age that they think David was at this point, but he was somewhere between the age of 11 and 17. So if, even if we pick a median age, we'll say 14. Do you remember what you were doing when you were 14 years old? Most of us were probably a freshman in high school. Think about it. Take a deep breath. What did that feel like? Excitement? Dread? Oh, God, I'm going to have to meet new people. What? All of us had different experiences, but this is where David was. So we're going to pick up this story, and it's going to start talking. It's in, written by the, the voice of Samuel. We'll call him Sammy for short. 
Yesterday, I was telling somebody what I was talking about. I actually called him Salmon. I think I was hungry. So we're just gonna call him Sammy for short. So now Sammy was a prophet. He was a leader. He was the religious leader. He was the big wig at the time. So uh, there's a whole backstory to this of the previous king of Saul. And if you wanna go read that, you can. I don't wanna take time because I have so much to tell you about David, who, by the way, one of my favorite people in the Bible. Do you ever read the Bible? Especially like you read the books of, of Paul in the New Testament. And you're just like, this guy was perfect. He's willing to lay his life out to me. You know, to live is, is good, but to die is to gain. And I mean, all this. And you're like, oh, I can never measure up. Well, David, there's parts of his life that's like, oh, wow, I've never done that. It makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. He was a mag- He's still revered to this day in this, the country of Israel. You know the Star of David? Oh, I should have worn my necklace. But the Star of David, the emblem, that's named after him. He is an important character in history. And, man, you're going to find so much. I See, I, I, I would like to preach the whole series, but they won't let me do that. So I just have one part, but there's going to be so many good parts you don't want to miss out. Um, those of you online, if you can't make it, check out the YouTube uh, podcast as well, Humanity Church. Um, so we're going to pick up the story. Sammy is um, in prayer and talking to God. And in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, we're going to pick it up at verse 1. Good place to start, right? Every diet starts on the first or Monday. Anyway, okay. Samuel 16 and verse 1, and this is where we start the story. Samuel uh, is told by God, I'm going to just paraphrase this a minute, Basically, that he's already rejected the king, but, but Sammy's upset about it. He's, he's mourning. He's very sad about it. And so God is telling him, okay, how long are you going to be sad about this? And we're going to pick it up here in the middle. <clears throat> it says, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. <clears throat> This morning, I was on the way to church. I'm praying about the service. I'm listening to my worship music. And I just had this thought that dropped in my head. Okay, here you go. And I put this on. So those of you online, maybe you saw it on Instagram on my story. But what I said is, what does King David and tacos have in common? They're the best. There you go. There's one person. We'll be talking about that in a minute. I'm going to answer that question. But first off, this might be a clue. Fill your horn with oil. Yeah. King David and tacos are both soaked in oil, right? Anyway, so he tells them, go fill your horn with oil. Now, when you originally think about filling your something with oil, you think, oh, something delicate and pretty. No. A ram's horn. We're talking a lot of oil. Go fill it up because you have something to do. This is just a leadership note. Take note, those of you who want to be leaders, who are leaders, you can only pour out what you have within you. Whatever you are filled with is what's going to come out of you. Moms and dads, you may not think you're a leader, but if you have kids underneath of you or trying to run a household, you're a leader. What's inside of you is what you're pouring out. Just FYI. So anyway, 
So Sammy takes the oil. I couldn't find a ram's horn this morning. I just didn't have one handy. So the plastic bottle's gonna do. But you get the idea, right? So he fills up his horn with oil. Now God gives him very specific things to do. Take a bull to sacrifice when you walk into the house of Jesse um, so that nobody else gets suspicious and the then king wouldn't be upset and come chasing you. Um, so he has all these things, but he doesn't tell him which one of the sons. Jesse had eight sons. David was the youngest of those eight. So fast forward on the story, Sammy gets to the house of Jesse. They welcome him into the home. Now, as tradition, it was always the firstborn who usually carried the mantle of the family. He was the one that everybody else looked up to. In my household, that would be Tim Concio. He's the oldest uh, son in our family. Well, I only had sons. So he's the oldest in our family. He would have been the one. So the oldest son walks into the room with Sammy there. Sammy's got his oil, and he is ready for God to speak to him. This is the one, anoint him. And it goes on, and it says, he even looked the part. He was tall. He looked confident. But God spoke something different into Sammy's ear. In 1 Samuel chapter, same chapter, 16 and verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. A little harsh, yeah? Um, the Lord does not look on the things that people look at. People look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So basically, this is not your dude. Keep looking. So then Sammy looks over at Jesse, the dad, and says, it's not the one. Who else? So then all the brothers, one by one, come walking through the room, I can imagine Sammy is just getting more and more defeated in his posture, like, oh, come on, God, you told me, did I not hear you correctly? Do you ever feel like, don't you just love when God puts something in your heart, like a vision, something new, a dream, like, yes, I want to do this, but then he doesn't give you the three-year plan how to roll that out? I can imagine that's how Sammy felt, like, ugh. Come on, you said this is the house. You said one of the sons. So then seven guys walk through the room and God doesn't say boo. This is not the one. Sammy looks at and he says, uh, <laughs> you got anybody else? And Jesse's like, oh yeah, there's one more. He's, he's just a kid. He's, he's out there with the sheep. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, something inside of Sammy rose up and said, this is the one. This is the one. Now, I, I wanted to pause just here for a second because I don't know how you feel or where you are in your journey right now and what you're going through, but there are times in my life where I have felt totally invisible, forgotten, unneeded, sometimes even unwanted. And, and some of us, we're, we're pretty good at hiding that on the outside. But the same is true. God doesn't look on the outside. He knows your inside. He knows exactly your heart. But he has never lost you. 
He has never forgotten where you are or who you are. Back to the story of David. So he says, well, go get him. Call him in here. So they go out and they get David with the stinky sheep, right? I numbered my pages so I don't lose my place here. So in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 13, David comes in and God tells him. Now, what they say about David is kind of cool too. They say he was ruddy, which means of reddish complexion, and that he was good looking. I don't know why, but how many of you remember Bonanza, the old show? Do you remember Little Joe? I always think of him. I don't know why. When I read that, I always think about Little Joe. I always thought, man, he was the, always the cute one, right? Anyway, I digress. Anyway, okay. So in verse 13, it says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And then Samuel went to Ramah. Rama, Rama, I don't know how to pronounce that. So either way, he left, okay? So now, a couple of things. Back when they anointed people, it wasn't the, the cute little, a little dot will do you of oil. No, they poured the oil. They let it flow. There's one portion of scripture where it talks about Aaron, who was a priest, and he was anointed, and it says they poured so much oil on him, it dripped down his head, down his beard, onto his garments, and from his garments onto the floor around him. Not just a little bit, a lot of it. Keep that in mind. We'll talk about that in a minute. So I'll leave this right here so you can remember how much oil was poured on him. Here's something that the Lord showed me that I thought was so powerful that I had never really caught before. And I thought, wow, that that is a very powerful statement. It says that Samuel anointed David in the midst, in the middle of his brothers. Why didn't God have Samuel get his butt up off the couch and go out and anoint David with the sheep? Why didn't God just tell him, go straight to the fields instead of going into the house of Jesse? Why? Well, I think there's a purpose in it. I don't think it's an accident, nor do I think it's a coincidence. See, there's something that happens when you're in a family dynamic. When you're in the middle of your brothers or friends or people who are super close to you and they know you, they know your good side. They know your grouchy side. They know your weaknesses, and they also know your strength. There's another thing about family. My sister and I were only 18 months apart, and um, we were best friends until we realized we like boys, and then all of a sudden there was a new competition that set up, and I don't know why that happened. So we would, we would fight, yeah, fist fight, yeah, went through a couple walls, but anyway... Here's the thing, she and I might be in the biggest fight of our lives, but if somebody at school made one word about my sister, then they had to deal with big sissy because that doesn't happen. That's my family. I can hit her, you don't talk about her, right? 
So in the middle of his brothers, he was anointed. These are the people who knew everything about him. These are the ones who would be there for his back. When things got bad, brothers are going to show up. When he would forget his calling and his anointing, the thing that God had spoke to him on that day, they would be the ones to remind him. Okay, are you ready? This is coming to you. Who are your brothers and sisters? What's your group of community that you can count on to remind you about the goodness of God that's inside of you? When you're feeling like you're down in the dirt, who is there to hold you up? When you feel the attack of the enemy, who's got your back? I encourage you. I, 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 I don't know what other words to use, but I, you know, if I, I was your mom, I would come down and shake you and say, hey, now, you need to be with some people. The small groups, I'm telling you, this, these last two years of grief and all the things that I've been through, if it hadn't been for the small groups, I don't, I don't know if I'd be in the same place I am. God places this amongst people. And if you find yourself alone, go seek out some people. Find them. Find a group. In, in Humanity Church, I know there's one almost every night of the week. In different parts of the, the county, I, I, I know that there's somebody there. God does not leave us as orphans or abandoned. I believe he has somewhere for you to connect. So he anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Now, before I get carried on, hold on. Let me, let me double check. If I had known in the fifth grade, God is setting you up because really bad things were coming, I don't know if I would have been so excited to go to this art institute. God is so good to us that sometimes he calls us to things. And it sounds amazing. And it, that dream is real. And it looks so powerful. But really, sometimes, the anointing is just the start of the learning. See, God sees us in our finished completion. He sees you as sparkly and perfect in every single way as his kid. Have you ever seen a brand new baby? And you walk in and you're seeing this brand new born baby. And you're like, uh, it looks kind of like an alien. <laughs> but I got to say it's cute because I don't want to hurt nobody. I mean, everybody says a baby's cute, right? Oh, how cute. Right? I feel that way sometimes. I feel like that brand new, wrinkly, kind of misshaped head baby sometimes. But God sees me as a perfected person that he's already chosen. David was probably a snotty boy, dirty, working with the sheep kind of kid. Maybe he was out in the fields because he drove his parents crazy in the house. I don't know. But God saw him as a king. He saw him as the powerful one that would lead his people out of captivity and join kingdoms. There's, there's so much in his life. But there's a testing and there's a growing in the middle of that. Now, some of you are like, well, what does anointing mean? I mean, it's not a word we use in like everyday jargon, right? I don't, I don't say, I've been anointed to go buy my groceries. We just don't say those kind of things. Anointing in the Old Testament of the Bible was actually uh, God's signifying that this person has been set aside 
to do God's purpose, whether that was for uh, a king, priest, uh, there was musicians that were anointed, um, all these things for a specific job or calling. And they did it in the physical with oil. Like I said, lots of oil. Now back in those days, they used olive oil because Crisco wasn't there yet. But they would pour the oil and everybody knew what that meant. Well, in the New Testament, um, that would be the part where where Jesus showed up on the scene and um, brought us a brand new covenant. So now they talk about the anointing of God or the calling of God. um, And it's not so much oil, although some places and some people do use oil as a significant contact it doesn't mean that that oil has any power in it. That's just a significant, like, we're anointing you with this as a representation of God's presence, as a representation that Holy Spirit is here right now. So one of the places that we find this is Jesus himself. Jesus came to John the Baptist out in the wilderness Um, Everybody said John the Baptist looked like a crazy person. He ate bugs and wore camel hair clothing. And I like the honey part. I would eat lots of the honey. But all the other stuff was kind of gross. But he lived out there and he was a man screaming for people to repent because the kingdom of God was coming. So Jesus shows up and John is like, hey, hey, dude, I'm not even worthy to touch your shoes. And Jesus says, no, it must be done this way. So he goes and John baptizes him in the, by the way, I went to the Jordan River and I was baptized there. I had expectations of a beautiful spiritual moment coming up out of the water and angels and God and no, it was so cold I couldn't even think. But anyway, uh, that was, that was not in the notes. Um, So in Mark chapter one, we're going to pick it up at verse nine. Um, yeah, I said most of this, so I'll, I'll read it what it actually says instead of Melinda's paraphrasing. It says, at the time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven, you are my son whom I love and with you I am well pleased. Catch this part. At once, what time? At once, the Spirit sent him into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. Okay. Jesus, this powerful moment baptized, heavens being torn open, spirit of God descending like a dove. It's like, wow, Spielberg movie, this is awesome. A voice from heaven, this is my beloved son. Wow. And immediately, does his ministry take off and there's thousands at his feet wanting to learn the ways of Jesus? No, he's sent to the wilderness with the wild animals for 40 days. I bring this to you because there are times where God calls us, people pray for us, we have a vision or a dream, and we feel like this is it. 
God has got me set up. It's all forward from here, forward on. We're gonna have a great time. Angels are gonna be singing along with me because it's gonna be such a powerful, beautiful moment. Yes, and probably later. Because a lot of times, most times, probably always, there's testing that has to go on. There is a growing into the anointing that God has already placed on top of you. It doesn't mean the anointing wasn't there or the calling wasn't real. It just means God is working some of the stuff out to get you prepared to come into the fullness of what he called you to. Amen? I heard one person on the front, so I just had to echo that. Thank you. Okay, so there's three things. What does this matter to me, Melinda? You're talking to me about David, and so what? Well, here's three things I want to bring to your attention. Number one, the heart of David. Remember that part where it said, God doesn't look on the outside, but he looks at the heart and what goes on on the inside? There's a scripture in Acts where um, the writer, and I believe it was Paul at this point in Acts, starts he, he like concises the story of David and why he was chosen. We'll just go ahead and read it. Acts verse 21. It says, then the people asked for a king and they gave him Saul. That was the king I told you about. Son of Kish of the tribe of Benjamin who ruled 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. And God testified concerning him uh, that uh, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to. And from that man's descendants, God brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. So a, heart af- a man with a heart after God is how he's described. Now, that doesn't mean that he had a perfect heart that he didn't have bad thoughts, that he didn't have any sin or corruptible part within him. Because as we go on with the stories, we realize this guy made some really, really bad decisions. I mean, some of them were great. They changed the direction of a whole nation and the nations around him. But then he also made some really sloppy, bad things and was inactive when maybe he should have been doing things. But in any sense, you will be hearing about those things. But um, he was a man after God. He would do the things of God. One of the things we'll learn and that I love, love about David is he is a man who knows how to repent from the things he's done wrong. And repent just means change thought. Repentance is the action that comes from that change of your thought. See, sometimes we feel like we're so far gone that there is no way back to where we were with God or where we want to be with God. But uh, God didn't lose you. And there is always a path back. There is always a way because God is looking for you. And that's my second word. So the first word was heart. Second word is presence. God hasn't lost track of you. You might feel forgotten, but your heavenly father knows exactly where you are and that you are being set up to fulfill your appointment that God has called you to. The third word is anointing, which is God's call and recognition for a purpose. Um, it goes on, if you keep on reading about David there in, in First Samuel, it goes on and it says, and the Spirit of God went with David from that time on. 
See, when you find your place of asking God, God, I need your presence to go with me, he says, yes, you do, and I will. And he does go with you. So it says that it was actually almost 15 years. 15. How many of you have been in school, I say as adults, have been in school for 15 years for your career? Not me. But I have been in life for more than 15 years. And I believe that God prepares us for what lays ahead. So 15 years, David was anointed waiting before he became king. There was another place where uh, Paul wrote about to Timothy. That was one of his spiritual sons. And that just means that they weren't biological, but he worked with him in the ministry. And so he became like a father figure to Timothy. And he told Timothy um, he was in a difficult position trying to work in a church. And, um, and Paul basically told him, hey, you know what? Remember the elders laying hands on you and the anointing or the presence of God or the calling that was placed in you at that time. See, I believe each one of us, if you've never experienced that, we're going to pray today, and I believe God can speak to you if you want to hear what he's saying. But if you've had that experience in your past, there was a moment that people prayed with you, and maybe something was revealed. Maybe there was even an anointing. I know I've been in church services where there was a, a Mr. Big Name, and he called everybody forward who wanted to be anointed. Well, I don't know about you, but I am that kid. I am that person that if someone says, do you want something good? I want to be to the front of the line. If you have donuts and you say, Melinda, do you want some? I'll be, yes, I'll be right there. I want some of that. I encourage you today that you ask for some of that goodness to come on to you. I'm going to preface this with another thing. Just being anointed by any single person doesn't make it happen. It's something that happens between you and God and allowing Holy Spirit to lead you into those areas where you need to grow and mature and that you can become what he's called you to become. I would super, one more time, super encourage you, get with a small group. If you haven't done part of the cohort, uh, Redeeming Humanity, get in with those groups of people. They have them starting all the time. Hint, in a month, we're going to be doing one. Um, there's something powerful that happens in combination with God's people. And the anointing will grow in those places. I'm looking at my time and I wish I could just spend all day talking about all this. But I, I just have a couple questions for you. Where do you feel like you fit in this story? Do you feel like you're that kid who's lost and nobody looks at you or you've never been recognized? Do you feel like maybe you're still out there with the sheep? Maybe you've been hearing the call, but you haven't come into the house yet. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, if you want to be a part of the family, it's super easy. It's asking. Ask God. 
God, be real to me. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe you paid a price so that I can be a part of this family. Come into the house. Maybe you feel like you've experienced the anointing. You've experienced a call of God in your life. You've had a vision or a dream. You feel like God's appointed you to something, but you left it in the dirt and you don't have brothers and sisters around you to remind you to pick that back up. I encourage you today to make that prayer, God, let that anointing be reminded within my soul today. Holy Spirit, please pick this up that I might be able to walk in the anointing you called me to. Or maybe you're that person who has found yourself in difficult positions. You're just going through the dirt right now. You don't know why it could be so bad. You've been trying to do the things of God. You've been trying to call out to God. And maybe you're just in a difficult time of trial. Paul tells us, take cheer when you go through various trials. Because why? Because he's creating something amazing. He sees you perfected as his son and daughter. He is not mad at you. Our Heavenly Father loves you. And he is calling you into what he created you to be. Amen. Would you pray with me? And I want you... Wait, don't close your eyes yet. But I want you to get into a place and a posture of receiving. Now, you have a choice. If you want just a little bit of tacos, you could just do like, hey God, just give me a little bit. I just want one taco, that's good. I filled up on donuts earlier, Just, just one taco, right? If you want a lot, like fill it all up. I've got this bag here, just go ahead and put all the tacos in here. The anointing is available for you. Each one of us, each one of you, God has an anointing for you. So get in the posture of receiving, whatever that looks like. Eyes shut, eyes open, head up, head down, on your knees, on your face, open your hands. But I want you to receive what God has for you. Words are just words unless you let the power of God in with them. So I'm asking right now as we pray, get into that posture of receiving. Let's pray. Let's ask God to fill up this anointing. Would you pray with me today? All right, let's do this. Father, I thank you. Oh my God, you are so good. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I'm so grateful, God, that you never left me that the the calling that you even started in my life as a kid, God, you've been faithful, faithful all the time. Holy Spirit, fill people right now. Remind them of whose they are and to who they've been called to, God. There are amazing people here today, even within sound of my voice and through the internet and streaming. God, there are powerful people that you have called into position, that you have anointed them. And I just remind them of the greatness of what God has poured into them. God, those are going through difficult times. It's hard right now and it it doesn't even make sense. But God, you were there in the middle of the fire. You never left them alone, God. Remind them to lift their head as you are the lifter of our heads. 
Holy Spirit, lead us in everyday stuff. Mom, that child in your life has been placed there and you're anointed to raise that child. Sir, that job and that employee that's getting on your last nerve, you're anointed to deal with that person. I speak to the leadership of this church. You are anointed to lead this church into what God wants to create here. In Jesus' name, make it so, God, as you are the God of the promise that never fails, you are able to keep your word to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.